Welcome to Bang the Table Talks, a podcast that discusses the evolving world of community engagement. Explore and learn with us as we host conversations with leaders in community engagement, stakeholder consultation, and public participation. We'll discuss current trends, best practices, as well as tips, tools, and ideas for better engagement programs. Well, hello, everyone. It's Dan Popping here. Uh, I'm a practice lead at Bang the Table in Australia. For those that don't know me very well, uh, I've worked in the community engagement sector for over 15 years and during this time have helped to plan, deliver and evaluate hundreds of different engagement projects. Over this time, one of the main trends that I've seen has been the inclusion of digital engagement tools to complement and support our traditional methods and ways to engage. However, more recently, I've been seeing more engagement projects being designed with a digital first mindset. Now, what do I mean by digital first mindset? Well, it's simply that. It's that the digital tools and processes are considered at the very beginning during the planning phase rather than an afterthought. And a great example of this uh, approach comes from the District Council of Yankalilla. They've recently undertaken their most extensive community consultation to date. They've been engaging across their entire community and using a range of both face-to-face and digital tools to help prepare their 10-year strategic plan. And to provide a bit of context, the District Council of Yankalilla is a relatively small rural council in South Australia, situated on the Flurio Peninsula, about an hour drive from Adelaide. Its hills are home to dairy farms and grazing lands, pine forests, conservation parks and bushland. And the rolling hills and valleys include 90 kilometres of rugged cliffs and coastlines and popular beaches. It's got a permanent community of about 4,500 people and this number um, increases significantly on the weekends and during the holiday periods. And as an engagement practitioner based in Adelaide, and I've got to say a bit of a semi-regular tourist uh, to this area, I've been quite impressed by this council and also its engagement activities. For a small council, I really do believe that they punch well above their weight in many areas. Uh, today I'm joined by Nigel Morris, the CEO of the District Council of Yankalilla, and Becky Hurst, a well-respected engagement expert and consultant at Becky Hurst Consulting. Uh, welcome, Nigel. Welcome, Becky. Thanks, Dan. Hi. Uh, great. Uh, so maybe to kick things off, Nigel, I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about this project and what you were hoping to achieve at the end. Our recent engagement that we did was one of the biggest we've ever done, but uh, what we were trying to do was work out what we're going to do with the strategic plan, what direction the council is going to take over the next 10 years, where we're going to put our limited resources and, and what the community wanted to be known for. So um, we went out and instead of uh, the elected members and administration sitting around a room one day and deciding what we're going to do for the next 10 years, we flipped it on its head. We went out to the community and said, we want to listen to you. Let's have a conversation with you. Let's listen to what you want before we go back and, and do a draft plan. We did a, an extensive engagement process where we went out to uh, six different townships because our area does cover 750 square kilometres and the townships are very different. You know, One township might want rapid growth. Another township might want to stay the same. We actually went out and talked to... Uh, three different schools because you know our 10 year olds of today are going to be 20 in in 10 years time so what do they want for the future and we also wanted to uh 
and I, I have a young youth beside me today, Dan, as you can as you can hear, who wants to know who are the ten year olds. Yes. So, <laughs> we also knew what the hot top of the community were and what we designed to do with the help of Becky was to get a, an expert panels to uh, guess with you know what's the future of the Normanville foreshore, the healthy aging in our district, the environment. Farming, jobs, business and tourism, arts and culture, and uh, sport and recreation. So a massive undertaking that we did. Brilliant. So going out there very early, asking quite open-ended questions with your community before you then started to put, to get, put together your, uh, the draft uh, plan or draft um, strategy. At the end of it, what, what were going to be the things that would help you to um, sort of realise that that engagement was successful? What were the things that you were looking for? Okay, the engagement was all about talking to the community and having those conversations and really sitting back and listen, listening. So when we go back out with a draft plan, which we prepare based upon their feedback, you know, to listen to the community and, and have them say, you really did hear us, is, is what's going to be the mark of success. Fantastic. And um, I guess one of the things I find quite interesting with these projects and a lot of practitioners do is around uh, sort of how you gain that internal buy-in. And I guess uh, often as, a, as an officer in a, in a council organisation, that's uh, challenging and maybe a little bit easier um, as the CEO. But I'm just wondering with a project this large and, and that impact that it does uh, have uh, both in long-term and, and diverseness across the organisation, can you talk a little bit about that internal bind and how important it was uh, to bring staff and your elected member body on this journey with you? Yeah, I have to say that the buy-in wasn't immediate. You know, to go to your elected body and say that we want to listen to the community first and to have the elected body go, but, but we understand what the community want. You know, we've been elected by the community. You know, we can do this. Was It just took a little bit to do. So, But in the end, I was actually proud of them to for them to sit back and, and listen and, and hear what it was all about first and you know to get heavily involved in the sessions. In the end, they, they did understand that it was good to, to listen. And as the process progressed, we could see that the, you know, when they were listening, they were hearing many great new ideas coming from the community, you know, new ideas that they haven't thought about. And, and they actually realized what was important to the community and stuff that um, they hadn't, hadn't come up with themselves. So, I felt that their buy-in was actually strengthened throughout the process and, and they loved the end result, which is, which is really important. Fantastic. It's good to hear. Uh, Becky, this question's for you. One of the things that you know, I've been observing from the sideline was around how there was a real considered approach to engage with all members uh, in the community. And Nigel, you mentioned about some of your townships and, and particularly some of the young people. Um, Becky, I'm wondering if you could talk a bit more about this diversity of tools and your approaches of, of how you really got that reach um, throughout the district council area? Yeah, sure. Um, so when I start looking at any kind of engagement process and what tools we're going to use, I'll always start by getting to know that district or that council area and, and what it is about that community that makes it tick. Um, as you mentioned in your intro and as Nigel's mentioned, you know, it's a relatively small council area as far as numbers go, but it is spread over quite a big geographic area and it has those individual townships, each of which are quite different. And just as Nigel was talking about the EM, the elected member buy-in, I was just reflecting on how some of them through that process said they really did learn about the differences between the townships and, and had kind of put some assumptions in place before. But after the engagement process, they'd realized some of those townships were very different from the others and were quite surprised. So it was a really good thing. Um, so we've got these different townships across the district. 
we got a number of different, obviously, as every community has, but different age groups. Um, so obviously wanting to hear from older residents, uh, but even more so, like Nigel said, the 10-year-olds now are going to be the 20-year-olds in the future. And we're talking about 10 years. So we, we just heard some brilliant stuff from those young people. Um, then with Jan Kalila, it's got that uh, really um, interesting dynamic of a smaller population during the week and a standard. But then, as you mentioned, Dan, you'd be one of the people that comes and visits the, the region or the district um, on the weekends or in the holidays. Uh, but it has a, a quite a large base of, now Nigel can correct me if I'm wrong here, non-resident ratepayers. So people that own property in the council area are ratepayers, but don't live there full time. And so, of course, they are a critical group of people that you also want to hear from in this sort of process. And then alongside that, I'm also thinking always about um, some people are really busy. Well, most people are really busy these days. And some of us just want to be able to provide quick bits of information to our councils. We want to just make a quick comment that's very front of mind and, and then we're done with it. Others of us want to actually engage at a much deeper level. We want to be able to come along to something and join in or participate in a, a more robust discussion. So when we designed the process, we were basically thinking about all of these different things. Um, and so, so as Nigel mentioned, we ran some township forums before Christmas at the end of 2019 um, across each of the six townships. Um, we had, at the same time, we launched our online engagement process, where, of course, we used um, Engagement HQ, or you'll say Yankalilla, um, to host some of the same questions that we had in the face-to-face -face forums. We also did a big mail-out, so use of traditional tools, uh, a big mail-out to all of the ratepayers in the district uh, with a brochure. And uh, I'm not calling it a survey, it's more like a questionnaire, three very succinct uh, questions, um, which people could return, and we incentivize the returns of that by offering supermarket vouchers. Uh, we also invited people to be mayor for a minute and submit videos, um, which was a great idea and to give us an option, but nobody actually took us up on that, but at least we provided the option. And then after Christmas in early 2020, we uh, facilitated a, a series of what's the future of as Nigel talked about, we picked up on some of the topics that we know are of absolute importance. So we looked at what's the future of farming, future of children, young people and families, uh, the future of the environment, the future of arts and, cult uh, arts and culture. Um, so a massive range of um, tools and techniques. And then, of course, social media as well played quite a big part. The District Council of Yankalilla has got a really active Facebook page. Um, and so we used that to post some of the same questions. So fairly thorough, I would say. And like you say, digital first absolutely combining those traditional face-to-face -face and digital tools. Love it. One of the things I know I get asked a lot is about engagement with children and, uh, you know, how genuine can you be? How deep can you go? Um, you know, having been a youth officer myself in a past life, but also uh, other projects where you do engage with young people, do you want us just to tell us a little bit about the experience and, and what kind of questions did you ask those young people? We asked them the same questions that we were asking everybody else. What's your future? What do you want to see in the future in your district? Um, and amazingly, what they told us was the same as everyone else. So at the end of the process, um, what I did for Nigel and the team was um, put together some so 12 priorities. Um, and, and everything that we'd heard from the community slotted into those, those priority areas. It was a common, they were common themes. And from the children in the schools, exactly the same things. Uh, Nigel, do you agree with that? It, it, was, it was pretty similar what we heard from the children, wasn't it? It was very similar. It was interesting to hear 12-year-olds talking about the importance of local hotels and drinking facilities as well. And you're thinking, wow, I didn't understand how important that was. But I suppose that was part of the social environment for them that they, they're looking forward to being a part of when they grow up. Mm. 
Um, something we did do a bit differently though, whilst we were asking the same questions, the way that I designed those sessions for the children was to get, especially the primary children, um, to get them drawing um, an, a vision of their future community. Um, and then, of course, and we went into panic mode then because then suddenly we had, you know, 50 drawings of, <laughs> and how are we going to report on that? So I asked them to, I, I gave them a particular question, asked them to do a drawing of their future community and then write some keywords for us or a statement that accompanies it. And it was fascinating. Like Nigel says, people talking about hotel tourist accommodation and growth, more houses needed in Maiponga and, you know, various things across the district. It was fascinating to hear what they said. It, it was also interesting to, to hear some of the townships talking about wanting to stay the same and not wanting growth. But then when you talk to the kids, they're wanting the fast food places, they're wanting the skate parks and so on. So there's a, there's a bit of a change coming in it. And it's good to actually talk to the youth of the future to, um, to see what changes that they're going to be wanting in the next 10 years. Mm. Yeah, it's fascinating. And I guess, as you mentioned, having those townships that, uh, you know, are unique in, in who they are and where they want to be, but then how you bring that together in a holistic plan uh, for, for the council overall. Um, I guess with these kind of large scale engagement projects, there's always uh, lots of lessons uh, learned along the way. Um, and I'm just wondering if there were things that you would do differently, um, you know, what might they be? And what were some of the things that uh, worked actually quite well? And Becky, I'm keen to hear a little bit more about this uh, Mayor for a Minute video, which, you know, I, I love the idea of, um, but, uh, you know, what was your kind of thoughts around uh, that and perhaps why you didn't receive any submissions? Uh, I'll let Nigel go first with the, any general lessons learned and then I can talk about that. I'll talk about what worked well initially because um, there, there was a few lessons learned but most of the stuff really worked well. I think getting an external facilitator was a, a crucial part of the process because instead of uh, council getting up and, and asking the community, it was an external person. And I think uh, doing it that way, people were more open, more honest, and, and Becky was able to keep it a lot more higher level. People weren't talking about the pothole out the front. They were talking about, you know, what they wanted to see. At the start of each session, Becky was getting people to just talk amongst themselves, to, to have a good old chat. And I think that that worked extremely well. And again, it, it got people more high level and it got people to realise that, that their ideas were shared ideas and therefore they felt more confident of speaking up. I think getting the, the participants to write their, their three main points meant that they weren't getting stuck down with nitty gritty stuff. If you really have to limit it to three main points, then you, again, you're gonna keep it really high level and you're really gonna think that's the stuff that's important to you. Getting the expert panels in, I think enticed a lot more people to come. And these panels were sensational. We had federal and state ministers coming along. And I think not only did the participants get good information out of it so did the panel members and i think that that was really key because they got to learn more about our district the the times that we were offering the sessions was really good we will have weekend sessions morning sessions evening sessions you know we even had a breakfast session for the for the business forum and and that worked really well uh, i think um one of the final things that was important was you know doing all these um different sessions was that, that becky was also parting knowledge to my team so my team became better communicators, better um, facilitators and better community engagement experts. So that's a, a crucial part of the process. None of the sessions were in the, in the council building. So again, I think that that shows a bit more distance. This is about the community. It's not about the council. Things that I do differently, and there's not much on the list, was that uh, 
we learned that the, the community were getting excited about coming to these sessions, but they weren't able to make all of them. And, and there was a su suggestion that we do uh, video and um, put it back onto um, Facebook. You know, I think that that worked extremely well. If I'd had my time again, we would have done that from the, the very first session onwards. But I have to say that we learnt along the way and some of the things that we did in the first township forum, we didn't do in the second one. I think maybe there was that evil word, my evil word is butcher's paper, which uh, may have come out in the first session, but uh, we quickly learnt that that's not what the community wanted and it, and it didn't come out in the second one and the third one and, and so on. So there's there's learnings like that. and. Yeah, there's, there's not much I would, I would change. Yeah, there's some really good insights in there. And there's a, a few comments that you mentioned about, you know, different times and different locations. And I think you've really struck a, a, a great rule for community engagement, which is to, to go to where the people are. You know, show that genuine listening that you're going to their places, their local areas, you know, in, in locations and buildings that they're familiar with, because it can be quite daunting when you're coming to a council office for a meeting or for an engagement, because the I think that scene is set from the very, very beginning, that you're on our turf and under our terms and conditions. And I love that you're able to flip that on the head and, and really uh, make that effort to go out and about to your community. So well done. I'll, I'll add in there, Dan, on, on that with the times and the locations. For me, one of the absolute best things about this project and Nigel alluded to it as well in relation to the um, building the capacity of his team um, but I was fortunate to work with the community outreach team that they have at the district council Yankalilla so I was supported by um, or I worked as part of that team um, there were four of us uh, myself kind of like <laughs> I call myself like the artistic director the one kind of coming up with ideas and then they would really make it happen and the critical thing for that team was they are so connected to the community that we were really able I was able to say Julianne Tash, who do we know in my Ponga? Can you check with my Ponga where they think the best place to hold this meeting will be, this forum, mm -hmm. um, and when, what time of day, um, and for how long is going to suit them? And so we really got that local insight and knowledge, which for this quite diverse community with this non-resident ratepayer stuff going on as well, um, for example, Second Valley um, is very much a holiday destination. It has a small group of people who permanently live there, but a lot of people that come down at weekends and they, the local people advised us, do a Friday night at 7 p.m. And I know Nigel's done this in the past meetings on Friday nights, and I've always just said, that's terrible. You can't engage a community at 7 p.m. on a Friday night. But we packed out the Second Valley Hall with 50 people, 55 people all coming along to have a good time but they, they were all laughing and smiling and, and it worked and the same happened at we're in a cove um, again we were advised hold it at the resort hold it on a friday evening at 6 p.m and you'll get people and we did so being able to listen to people through that community outreach i think was just invaluable in this process and to say that we engaged something it was over 10 percent of the population on a non-controversial topic uh, just shows the power of that approach so yeah that was a, a big learning for me and it's brilliant. And Nigel, I'm not sure if you've experienced this before, and I know that Becky, you would have, but often it is difficult to engage people in something that's 10 years time, you know, something that's not very tangible or not directly uh, impacting people straight away to, to get that emotion to then want to participate. So need to congratulate you guys on the effort that you made. But also Becky, another key point, which is, you know, 
asking your community when and where is best and, and how and why. And I think that's really important to, to have that lens across this entire process. You did talk a little bit earlier, Becky, around these sort of non-rate pays that are non-residents as well. And so I know one of the key roles that you played in this project was managing the Your Say Yankalilla uh, engagement website. Could you just tell us a little bit around how you use this site and some of the digital tools that you used? Yeah, absolutely. So we, we basically had, I, I considered two central hubs for this engagement process. One was the traditional tool of the brochure that got mailed out to all of the ratepayers. So that was the printed document that could end up in people's hands and it contained all of the questions that we were asking, why it was happening, all of the events, the dates, the times, everything. So then we decided to use Your Say Yankalilla page as the digital version of that. So at any point, anybody could go to that place. It was the central hub for the information, what's happening where, what's being asked, a video intro from the mayor, um, that consistent branding actually was really important of the mayor's ownership of this. Um, you know, his, his picture was on the front of that, that traditional printed document and his video was on the online. So it was really that replica um, and that central hub of the, on, online, uh, of the engagement process. Um, I, I also, whenever there's an online tool such as Engagement HQ being used, I'll always go for a discussion forum. I'm the biggest fan of online discussion forums because I think they most closely represent what I do in a face-to-face -face environment as a facilitator. So we posted the three questions, I think it was, um, as discussion forum questions. Um, we also, what we did that was, I think was probably a bit different and I know caught your attention as bang the table, um, was that we decided to uh, feed everything we heard into that discussion forum. So all of the survey responses or questionnaire responses we had back from the ratepayer paper documents, um, we had an amazing team of volunteers down at the visitor center in um, Yankalilla. Um, they'd be typing up the responses as they came in and popping them onto that online discussion forum. Now this, this, this was just brilliant because it meant that um, not only did we get all of our stuff typed up straight away, uh, but it meant that it, our discussion forum looked populated. So as soon as you go to it, you see, what, there's a hundred comments already. I better hop on and, and join this conversation. But it also enabled just us to keep it all in one central place as well. So it was brilliant that we did that. And we did the same with the social media content that we received. So uh, rather than always just signposting people, go and go to the discussion forum to join this conversation, we actually posted some questions on the Facebook page and then the entries that or the, the comments that we received on that post we'd pop into the discussion forum as well so it just created that real um, energy around the project and I, I'm, I'm always I swear by FOMO the fear of missing out and if people can see that there's all this input coming they want to join in so we did that um, we also um, saw that as a, a really good tool for transparency in the process so that at any point in time somebody could go to the online hub and see all of the input that's being received. Um, something else we did in relation to the schools with their drawings, we then I had a go with the storytelling tool to share the, the, all of the drawings that we'd received. So again, just using it as that central hub um, so people could have a look at the actual drawings that were done by the children. Um, and then finally, I used the uh, Your Say Yankalilla um, at the end for all of those comments that we'd received for theming them. And I'm, again, a massive fan of the tagging tool that you can do on that back end of Your Say Yankalilla. So we were able to go through every single comment, whether they were received directly onto the online discussion forum, through social media, or via the survey responses from ratepayers, and tag them according to the tags that we created through the process. So. Um, that was just a, a godsend having that feature. So yeah, it was a real central integral part to the whole process. 
Brilliant. And maybe just to, uh, sorry, wrap up, Becky, um, in regards to reporting back, I know that there was an effort made to include the results on, on the site. Could you just uh, perhaps, perhaps confirm that for me? Uh, yes, so all of the reports, so every every face-to-face -face meeting we ran, uh, we wrote up a report for each individual face-to-face. -face. And at those events, everybody, as Nigel mentioned earlier, everybody would be writing down their priorities. So I think we got people to write down their top three priorities and then sort them into themes. And so every single priority that was written down by an individual went into that report. And then what happened was that as a group, those people created themes. And so those themes were written up into that report. And then at the end, we were able to take all of the themes that had come from all of the meetings and create a series of themes, which basically became the 12 priorities. And then we were able to use those to tag in um, using the, the theming stuff. So yes, yes. And then all of those reports were shared online Brilliant. on the hub. Yeah, and I think it's important that, you know, we do close the loop back with our communities both, you know, as you would wrap up a, a meeting and thank people people for coming and, and what you've heard and what you're taking away and, and likewise when you run online activities to be able to do the, the same thing. Um, look, it's, uh, it's always good to talk about these projects, but I am wary of our, our time. So um, just to sort of work towards the last couple of questions, is there anything that you guys would like to add to share with people um, about this project? It, it might be an observation, something you're proud of, or, or something that you were surprised along the way? I'll, I'll go first. I, I think um, it was mentioned before that all the different platforms that we we're using, I think it was important to always go back and check the platforms as you're going. You know, bang, bang the Table was the hub. So you, you would constantly read what was coming through and therefore use that information for your next session to say, hey, we heard from this person, they've said this, and then uh, get that reconfirmed. Re At one stage I thought we had too many sessions, but every session was different and we learnt more from it and, and it all fed back into that, that hub. And then, you know, one, one of the last things I wanted to add was is community engagement is not all about us learning the information. It's about community learning from the community themselves. And, and I was really, you know, it was really nice to see neighbours meeting each other for the first time and realising that they had common goals and common themes. And, and I think that during this process, a lot of friendships were, were made and, and would continue after the process. So, yeah, it was great. Fantastic. And what about yourself, Becky? Yeah, I definitely agree with Nigel on that. I love seeing people come to sessions and, and meet their neighbours that they'd never met before. Um, I thought that that really added an extra layer of engagement. You know, we, we engage communities to inform decision making, but I think equally there's that, you know, growing evidence that engagement isn't just that. It's about building communities and building resilience. And I, I'm, I'll also add, though, it was so good to work with an organisation that had such strong buy-in and support from the senior leadership. So Nigel is the CEO. You know, often I'll work with clients where the CEO will make an appearance once. <laughs> uh, but Nigel was at majority of the events, or every event he could be at, and, and also the mayor, um, his buy-in and the deputy mayor and um, the elected members that, that came to every session. You know, we had one elected member that came to every single one. A majority of the elected members were involved in some way. And one of my favorite moments was when they all started kind of competing in their own areas. Uh, we got them making videos to promote the face-to-face -face events. And they were like, oh, well, I'm gonna get more people at Second Valley than you're gonna get at Cape Jervis. And, and I loved seeing that rivalry um, between them, um, which was fun rivalry, but it actually worked because it meant that they were then putting it out there to their communities to try and get people to come along. Um, and also the elected members, I think, taking the punt and really saying, I said to them at one point, um, 
I remember sitting alongside Nigel in a council meeting and we'd said to the, I'd said to them, look, your risk is that people don't believe in this process. What can you do to, to help build trust? And at this point, we were discussing whether we should do the township forums or whether we should do these panel events. And I, I, it was an amazing moment where they said, do you know what? I think we, should, we think we should do both. We'll do all of it. We'll extend this. We'll take it way into 2020. We'll go another couple of months. And it was brilliant to just be part of that process um, and having that, that buy-in from the elected members. Um, and then just finally... Um, one thing that we did miss out on, and, and I didn't go back to the, the Mayor for a Minute videos, there really wasn't that interest there. Um, I'll continue to offer those dynamic ways to provide feedback because I would love that sort of thing, but there aren't many people out there like me, I don't think. Um, but I, it was good to be able to offer it, even if it wasn't taken up. Um, but we did, we did struggle at one point with attracting under 40s. Um, and I think that if we had more time, um, we did talk about some strategies that we might put in place to try and get that kind of 20 to 40 age group. Um, that was certainly a, a gap at one point. Um, although I think we did get more than you would in an average engagement process. Uh, but we certainly had the children and young people. We had the older, you know, 40 plus demographic. But yeah, there was a gap in the middle where people just are so busy and, and disconnected maybe. Yeah, and I, I think you touched on a couple of really important uh, points there. The, the one that I really liked, Becky, was, you know, you talk about trust and transparency. And I think that internal buy-in where, you know, your CEO, your mayor, your elected members are actually turning up. They're, they're, they're there to actively listen. They're showing their presence. They're, they're participating. Really does show that genuine, um, you know, uh, genuine engagement that the council's trying to do. And I know that as I watched this play out online, that came through very strongly, particularly as you reported back, I could see here is the evidence that they were present, that they were listening and what they're taking away. And as Nigel mentioned, you know, using that to shape and, and modify the next event and the event after that. And starting an event with, you know, we were over here last week and these were some of the things that we heard, screams that 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 you're genuine that you're listening and it invites people in to participate because they know that their time is going to be valued and i really would like to commend uh, the district council not only for the internal buy-in and the work that's done but bringing yourself in becky is quite dynamic we'll give new tools a go uh we'll, we'll go to the local center at seven o'clock on a friday night and give up your weekends to participate i think it's really important that we do meet our communities on their terms and we engage them in ways that, that we can perhaps to to wrap things up is there one favorite thing i know you've already mentioned a couple both of you but one favorite thing that you thought was was really good and, and put a smile on your face um nigel let's start with you i think uh, one of my favorite things was we did a a visual question down at the nominable foreshore so we had a, a big checkerboard and and what we said was if you want more open space put this artificial grass on it if you want more car parks put this matchbox car and i'm sitting there watching this getting used and watching people debate. And then I had this husband and wife walk up to it and I knew the husband quite well and I knew how much he loved the environment. And I thought, I know where you're gonna go. You're gonna go straight for the grass. And the wife actually picked up the matchbox car and she put it down on the checkerboard and he was going, what are you doing? And um, she turned around and said, well, I couldn't get a car park when we came today. So I'm going with the car park. And then I was able to turn to him and say, look, if you can't get consensus in your house, you can see why it's so damn hard for council to get consensus as well. So, you know, I really love that side of things for him to start to think exactly, you know, how hard it is for a, a council to make everyone happy. Yeah, amazing. And Becky, from yourself? Two things. 
the, the first being um, the bakery, my bakery story. I went to pick up the catering on my way through my ponga uh, for the evening session that we were running. It was our first, my, uh, first township forum, first thing we were doing face to face. Um, and of course we were nervous about who was coming and of course we've been working through the community outreach team so it really had been sort of talked about locally um, and I picked up this catering and as she put it in my car I said oh you know I just thought oh I'll have a go here are we going to see you tonight and she said oh yeah of course the whole town's coming and I just <laughs> wow I think it was that moment that I thought wow this approach really works working with this this outreach thing um, and then secondly um, the the farming the future of farming sessions were actually one of my favorite it's a topic that isn't me at all I don't really know much about farming but we worked together with the the local agriculture bureau to put on the future of farming discussions and again to pack out the hall not once but twice um, in a very small community so we had about 50 local people come to that session to talk about the future of farming and the quality of the conversation was just so impressive um, from I think a group that we perhaps wouldn't normally hear from in a really positive way as a council um, to just see those people engaged was definite highlight for me. Amazing thank you look it's been uh, really good speaking with both of you and hearing more about your council-wide engagement um, nature's best let's plan the rest and, and quite a good catchy uh, a title too that we didn't get a chance to talk too much uh, I'd certainly like to thank Nigel Morris and Becky Hurst for joining us today and, and sharing your experiences. And for those people that are listening, if you are interested and would like to find out more about how engagement is undertaken at the District Council of Yankalilla here in South Australia, you can visit their website, yoursayyankalilla.com.au. Uh, thanks again, Becky, and thanks again, Nigel. Thanks, no, thanks Dan. It was really good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Bang the Table Talks. Join us for future conversations as we explore the capacity and insight that online engagement has to offer. Check out our other learning resources at bangthetable.com.